Welcome to week two of My Camino. I'm Dan Mullins and it's great to have your company. This is a weekly podcast introducing you to people who have walked the Camino de Santiago, the way of St. James in northeastern Spain. Pilgrims have walked the journey for well over a thousand years. And each week, I'll profile someone from a different part of the world. Tonight, it's two Canadians I met when I walked the Camino earlier this year. Doug and Miles are on the line from Winnipeg, which I'm told is God's country. So we'll have to find out why they went halfway around the world on a path, a journey some say helps them find God. Yeah, Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Great to, great to be here. Great to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, nice to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. We had quite the time, didn't we? Oh, we did indeed. You know, it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. Something that uh, I can I could never have envisioned in my life. A fine time, Dan. Yeah, it was. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves. You're your old friends. You've known each other for a long time. You're from the town of Winnipeg in the state of uh, Manitoba, right in the heart of Canada. Yeah, that's right, Dan. Uh, Miles and I have uh, known one another for for some time, and it, but truly, it was the Camino that brought us together. It was uh, something that we had both wanted to do for for uh, quite some time, something very close to both of us. And uh, through a mutual a mutual friend, uh, found out that we both had this uh, desire to walk the Camino, and uh, uh, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's brought us together uh, as uh, close friends. So, I mean, in terms of where we are, yeah, we're in uh, in Winnipeg, uh, which is uh, really almost at the geographical center of Canada, the, the probably the spiritual center of Canada. <clears throat> you know, we're at, uh, you know, about uh, 50 degrees north, and um, uh, uh, it's uh, extremely, uh, extremely cold in the winter and extremely hot in the summer. It's a, it's a city of about uh, a little over half a million people, about six, seven hundred thousand uh, and uh, it's where we, we it's where I grew up. Uh, Doug grew up a little bit outside of Winnipeg, but uh, where we spent a good part of our lives. Yeah, we're on uh, Treaty One <laughs> land, uh, the land of the Anishinaabe and the Métis people. Um, we're in the center of Turtle Island, uh, the spiritual center for Indigenous people in uh, North America, and uh, I think they would say the world. You walked as a group of three. The third musketeer, Kevin, isn't with us tonight. Let's go through a few of the facts and figures. Where did you start your Camino? Well, we, we started our Camino uh, in, in Spain, in Leon. Uh, I mean, that's where we, we, we had planned to start that, but uh, we really started our Camino in uh, Dublin. Miles had a connection with Ireland, and uh, he really wanted to start at uh, St. James's Gate in, uh, in Dublin, so we agreed. We uh, we thought uh, for for our friend, we 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 had better go there and uh, put our. That's where our uh, our footsteps on the Camino began. Yeah, but that St James St James's Gate is also known as something else, isn't it? It's uh, known as uh, the Guinness. Uh, it, it is yeah. the uh, <laughs> it is the. <laughs> it's where they manufacture the Guinness. It's the Guinness storehouse. It's where we got our uh, got our first stamp and. Uh, and wetted our whistle and uh, fortified ourselves for the, uh, for for the, the long walk ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really marked your credential for the long walk ahead. So how long did it take you to walk from Leon to Santiago? So, so it was about, it was 14 days, 14 days of walking uh, from, uh, from, from Leon. 
and uh, uh, yeah, I'd say that was you know pretty solid walking each day. I we averaged I'd say about 25 25k a day. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. about our average walk. And how, much, and how much did you carry, Miles? Well, I think uh, you know technically it, it 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 was probably close to 20 pounds. Uh, it felt uh, most days like it was 40 or 50 pounds. <laughs> yeah. What? What about you, Doug? How much did you take? Yeah, I, um, I was in uh, about the 20, 20 pound range as well. Um, and as Miles said, uh, a lot of days it felt a lot heavier. I remember speaking with somebody who uh, was carrying about 20 kilograms, so about 40 pounds. Wow. And she, yeah, and she said to me, uh, oh, look, it's like the rest of my life. I'm carrying too much baggage. <laughs> there's a message, right? There's a, there's a message there, isn't there? There, there is, is a totally. message. Yeah, you really, you really, I mean, you really don't need to carry much, and especially at the time of a year that we went, which was in August, uh, the beginning of August, uh, which is the height of summer. Uh, 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 you know, we really needed to carry very little. Uh, but I mean, not knowing it was our first time on the Camino. You know, neither of us, none of us, had done that journey before. So we're 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 packing, you know, for uh, for all kinds of uh, weather, all kinds of contingencies. But uh, and uh, I guess the other thing is there there are facilities. You're you're never very far from the next village, uh, and there's all kinds of uh, shops and stores along the way. Uh, you know, there's no there's no need to uh, to carry any disposable things like soaps or or uh, yeah. de deodorant, toothpaste, anything like that. You can get that all along the way. So, Doug, what if I asked you what could you have left behind? Oh, I think I could have uh, left about uh, probably about eight pounds of gear behind. Um, certainly, uh, a sleeping pad, which uh, you know we we were knew we were going at the height of the uh, pilgrim season, and we just weren't sure if we would be able to find a bed. So I remember uh, 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 taking a sleeping bag, which uh, I never used once. Um, some extra clothes, uh, really, you know, a pair of pants, a couple of pairs of shorts, uh, a couple of long sleeve t-shirts. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, I, you really don't need very much at all. Um, but, uh, you know, it is hard to leave those material things behind. You always think that you're going to need a little bit more, um, you know, a bar of soap, uh, you know, really, a, you know, a towel is, is all you really need to take toothbrush and some toothpaste and you know anything else you can really leave behind i found that when you arrived at the albergue each evening and i'm certain that you your routine was exactly the same as it because all the pilgrims are exactly the same that you got there had a quick shower quickly washed your hand washed as all the pilgrims do hand washed your clothes hung them out and you changed back into those the next day so really you right. only ever needed one change of clothes yeah true yeah that's that's exactly right uh you know, that was all that was necessary at all. And, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Doug. I mean, and, uh, I mean, I had all kinds of, you know, rain gear and an extra pair of, uh, of uh, running shoes. Uh, you know, uh, w you know, we had, of course, we had started in Dublin and uh, Dublin, uh, you know, a, a balmy day in Dublin is uh, is 18 degrees uh, Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so so we had packed for that and we, we didn't have the opportunity to dump things. But I did along the way, I left a sleeping pad, 
you know, I left uh, extra heavy socks that I brought uh, that, that I thought I needed. Uh, so some of those things, if you bring those things, you can leave those things anywhere along the way. You know, at any of the albergues, they're happy to get any of the extra gear that you can't use. Yeah, that's interesting you should say that because my next question is, what did you wish you'd taken with you? Doug? Uh, one, uh, no, uh, two mornings, I really wish I would have taken a headlamp. I, I did have a small flashlight, um, you know, for uh, getting up in the, at night in the albergue or whatever, but uh, we, we to try and beat the heat, uh, we would uh, leave early and on a couple of uh, occasions, uh, leaving in the morning when it was dark, uh, coming across a fairly fairly rough trail in the mountains. It would have really been nice to have a, a headlamp. Um, but really, that's about the only thing I wish I would have brought, and I would have used that maybe on two occasions. Miles? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, I had a ball cap. Uh, I, I, I would have br brought a, a broad-brimmed uh, cap. The sun was, was, was very intense, uh, you know, I was very grateful to uh, to uh, Camino Angel, a fellow along the way. Uh, you know, one of the hottest days we were out, uh, I think we were walking to Astorga. And, uh, uh, you know, we stopped for water. We found a place for water and a kind old gentleman uh, gave me a straw hat that I wore uh, wore faithfully all the rest of the way. So, Your sombrero. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, do, you uh, still, it, do you still have I, it? I left that behind in Santiago along with my boots. So there you for go, the, really? For the, yeah, I did for the next any other pilgrims that might come along the way. Oh, that's fantastic! Because when I met you, that was the day after you'd received the hat from that's the Camino right. Angel, and it was hot. It was very, it, very hot. It was and, hot. It was absolutely. And there's a, an intensity in that sunlight that really you can't put into words. And unless you've experienced it, it's it's a sun that you want to get out from under. It is and indeed. Yeah, yeah. You really need that broad-brimmed hat. Yeah. Now, it's often called a spiritual or mystical journey, the Camino. So what was your motivation for undertaking this pilgrimage? Can I ask you, Doug? Yeah, I, you know, I've, um, I've had a, a, just an incredibly wonderful life, Dan. I've, uh, I've never wanted for anything. I've been surrounded by beautiful people my entire life. And I, I think it was an opportunity just to to walk and to to count my blessings, be aware of my blessings, um, give prayers of thanks, um, as well as just you know celebrate the joy of, of all those blessings that have been have been showered on me and uh, and uh, that was really what what motivated me. Uh, just uh, some time with friends, uh, time to reflect. A time to give thanks was was really um, what 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 motivated me to 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 do the walk. And did you find then when you finished, did you find a sense of resolution? Had you had you achieved what you sought then? Yeah, every day, Dan, and I'm I'm so happy. It was really one of the you know the great pleasures of my life to to be able to walk the Camino. Um, I felt felt blessed uh, every day, every step. I I'm so grateful for having had the opportunity to do that. I um, I have a, a daughter who's going to uh, 
be turning 14 and and I would really like to to go back to Spain with her in in a year or two and just introduce her to the Camino and so that uh, and and do a part of the walk with her uh, I you know it it's really meant a lot to me so Miles, can I ask you then, what was your motivation? Was it spiritual? Was it mystical? Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, definitely uh, spiritual. Uh, I mean, for the past uh, uh, many years, I followed kind of a, a, a an Eastern path, uh, uh, Buddhism, uh, Taoism, and uh, this to me was an opportunity to uh, to uh, to to really slow down, to uh, to 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 really. Uh, um, discover what it was like to be rather than do. And uh, I really felt every day that we had the opportunity, I mean, not just to share as friends, but as spiritual companions, this incredible journey, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the days were long and yet so short, uh, but the, the, the walking, uh, you know, the, 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 the things, the processes that go on in the mind, are really incredible. I mean, the, the and and I think the three of us were, were able to express those things in the moment, uh, you know, that we would never have had the opportunity to express any other way. So whatever was bubbling up, whatever was coming up in the mind, uh, we had an opportunity to express that. Yeah. Yeah. We we were really fortunate as uh, as uh, three friends that that we really walked the same. And I, I don't know, Dan, like you you probably noticed when you were on the Camino that. You meet people, you meet wonderful people along the way, and, and you're able to walk with some people, but not able to walk with others simply because yeah. you have a different pace. And, and um, you know, for, for three friends, we, we all had the same pace, which was I thought was incredible. I, I'd never thought about it until we'd actually started doing it and just felt so fortunate that we were, like, so compatible, even, even in the rhythm with which we moved. I know. I remember when I came upon you it was outside of Astorga, actually. Uh, mm. So perhaps, it, perhaps it was the day after. Yeah, you you received the hat, and right. I I sort of walked up, and immediately I came upon you. I could see that there was a tightness to the group. That here were three fellows, very comfortable in one another's company, and and very welcoming also to those other pilgrim and pilgrims on the on the Camino. You could just tell here's three guys who are welcome who will welcome you. And 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 you know that's why I said you know, hola when <laughs> you said hola. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't sound very Spanish. <laughs> and we got to know each other famously of course, which we'll which we'll get to. Let's take a step back though. Uh, you're in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Where did the idea come from to walk the Camino? Oh, the, you know, the idea, I, I really don't know where it came from, Dan, but um, it's been with me for a long time, uh, 14, 15 years. And I, I, I really, uh, I've, I've been trying to think, you know, where that, uh, who planted the seed. And um, the earliest recollection I have is uh, discussing the Camino with an old teaching, teaching uh, friend of mine and uh, standing around and saying it would be a real nice way to walk into retirement to, you know, uh, to make that transition from a working life into a retired life. And that would have been easy 14 or 15 years ago. So uh, it must have just come into it's in a conversation at some point at, around that time. For me, a couple of years ago, I was living in Ireland. 
and uh, uh, you know there's a, there's a very strong connection uh, with with the Irish people to the to the Camino. They've been walking the Camino for many uh, thousands of years. Uh, but a fr- friend of mine, a workmate, uh, she was telling me about a journey that her mother had made a number of times that was going to make again called the Camino de Santiago. I knew absolutely nothing about the Camino, never heard about the Camino. But from that moment on, from the moment she talked about the Camino, I seemed to just be stumbling across uh, references to the Camino. I went on, all of a sudden the Camino is online, all of a sudden, uh, you know, people around me are talking about the Camino and uh, and it just seems to seem to all connect and line up uh, to that, uh, to the moment when we actually made the journey. It's funny, I, in the pilgrim's office, uh, when I was waiting to get my uh, compostilla, a, a little Irish nun came up to me and said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Sydney, Australia. And she said, oh, wow, you've come all the way over here. And I said, oh, yes, you know, it's, it's just been absolutely wonderful, one of the highlights of my life. And she said, where did you start? And I, I told her that I had started in Sahun. And you walked the first two days uh, from Sahun to Leon across the plains. It's flat and there's not a tree on the plains. And as far as the eye can see, not one single tree. And that little nun said to me, Dan, that's because they're all lying at the bottom of the ocean off Ireland and Scotland. Because they pulled down all those trees to build the Spanish Armada. And, oh. and, and I wonder if that's why the Irish have a connection to the Camino. Because the Spanish Armada, where they pulled all those trees, are lying off the coast of Ireland and Scotland. Isn't that a yarn? Well, well that is a yarn. But certainly, certainly the roots of the Irish people are in, uh, are in Spain. You know, uh, and, you know, now when they do DNA, DNA testing, you know, they find that the, the roots of the, the, the Irish people are in Iberia. Uh, you know, uh, main, ma- mainly in Basque country. Uh, so, uh, so there is definitely a, a, not only a spiritual connection, but a genetic connection to uh, to Spain. You said something beautiful before. You said the days were long, but yet very short. So, can I ask you first, Miles? What was your highlight of your, your Camino? Well, I would say the absolute uh, the absolute highlight for me was coming into Santiago. We we had been separated, uh, Doug and uh, Kevin and I for uh, for a day. Doug had uh, Doug had hurt uh, hurt his leg, and was in uh, Santiago. And uh, we got into Santiago. Uh, Kevin and I went to the cathedral, which was a was was a wonderful experience. And then we found ourselves lost in Santiago, trying to trying to connect with uh, Doug. But I think the highlight for me was actually find you know Doug. We 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 talked, we were texting back and forth. Was actually for the three of us to come together in Santiago at a particular corner near a pension, and just to be you know to have that uh, that 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 camaraderie come together in that moment where the three of us were at uh, were at that destination yeah. that was a highlight for me absolutely doug yeah that truly that truly was and uh I, you know i i think be, besides that the you know the the only thing that i can really think of dan is is you know when when you walk with you walk with with friends, with with fellow pilgrims, and and you you leave yourself open to everything and anything, and and 
the highlight for me was just, you know, always laughing. And when, when we would say, well, around every corner and through every door, you never know what to expect. And, and uh, just, you know, the highlight was always finding that there was an adventure around those corners and through those doors and just, just opening yourself up to that kind of experience. And you were very good at it, let me tell you. <laughs> Now, I remember, I, Doug, you, uh, Miles rather mentioned that you didn't quite make it to the end with your, with your comrades, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I remember a discussion that, Miles, you and I and Kevin had on the second last night, and we talked about how you would explain the Camino when you returned home, what you would make of it in terms of being able to explain it to other people. Have you been able to make sense of it all, do you think? Well, I mean, I will say that absolutely not. Uh, I, I mean that is a that is a work in progress. Uh, I mean every day I and I will say for sure every day I revisit that uh, the Camino. Every day I experience something different, and I am still at a loss really to explain the uh, the, the 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 experience. It's it's impossible. It's impossible to explain it to anyone who has not traveled the Camino or has not. Uh, traveled as a pilgrim. I, I, I just am at a total loss for words. Doug, have you been able to make sense of it? Have you been able to reconcile what it meant to you? No, it's, it's you know, it's just, um, I've, the, you know, I've been burnt by the sun. I've, you know, the, the Spanish, the dust of Spain is, you know, it's in my pores. Uh, but I, I can't explain it. It's just, uh, it's it's an experience, and uh, you know it's it's just something that people have to do. You you know you can look at the photographs and talk about them and try to you know share share a moment with with people, but it's truly something you have to live. I remember sharing a bottle of local wine with you in Villa Franca, <laughs> and and we we joked that night that maybe we wouldn't go back a changed man, but we would definitely be going home. A better man, and I wonder. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if you would agree. Had had you had you achieved that? Um, I, I might not be the right person to ask, Dan. But but you know, in 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 my heart, I I I, I'm, I believe that I'm a much better man for having having experienced it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just something where uh, you you worry less. Um, you a lot more just rolls off of you. Um, you have a you know you have this sense of accomplishment, the sense of of stepping out into the world. It's 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 almost like a a little bit of a rebirth, and and uh, yeah, you do come back a changed person. There's no question. Miles. I mean, I can say I I can say for me that it, that it, the the transition back uh, uh, to um, you know, to 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 regular life to, to me has been uh, has been very very difficult. Uh, I, I mean, I have had a very difficult time reconciling myself with, uh, you know, with uh, you know, with everyday life, with listening to the news, with um, you know, trying to fit back into uh, into routine. And and I think it's a it's a dissonance that is that is speaking to me that is saying, you know, there. There is something that you have to get right with your life. You know, there there is there is something here that that you need to. There is work that you need to do. Now, that's aside from from the from from the 
you know, the, the you know, the, the, the strength of the friendship that D D Doug and I have, uh, have developed, you know, and the love that we've developed for, for each other. And, uh, the, you know, that I think I extend to the world. Uh, you know, something I've learned since I've arrived home, it, it's calling me back. Are you feeling the same? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, every day, you know, it's, it's, it's like there's a thread that just keeps tugging, tugging, tugging. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be speaking in a couple of weeks with Arnold, uh, uh, a gentleman I met in Adura. Uh, he has walked it 19 times and he's walked it from all over different parts of, of Europe. And he walks often for other people and he gets a Compostela for them. D mm -hmm. Doug, you, you, you didn't finish. Uh, you, uh, you did a fetlock uh, 24 hours out from the finishing line. Tell us, how, how was that experience? What did that mean to you? Well, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, funny enough, I, I, I didn't get my Compostela I, I, and... Uh, I thought I would be disappointed, but I really wasn't. I, I think that the experience along the way was just so grand that, um, you know, you learn that, you know, truly you, you learn that it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, that's one of the things that it, it taught me. I, I just had a, you know, a great experience and um, I would have liked to have finished, but um I, I I knew that my my body was wasn't going to allow that, and uh, you know, so you accept it, and uh, and no no regrets. I'll uh, I'll go back, and I'm 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 not necessarily you know going back to finish. I'm I'm going back to share that ex hopefully to share that experience with someone. That's fantastic. I I'm going to ask every guest on on the podcast what advice you would give for someone thinking of doing the Camino? Miles, can I ask you? Um, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Don't, don't, don't hesitate if you're called. I mean, you don't, 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 don't think about uh, prep, preparation. Don't get uh, involved in the minutiae of, uh, of, of, of having to train for six months or eight months or a year or whatever. If you're, if you, if you feel that, that call, if you feel that, uh, uh, just do it. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, uh, you know, don't, and don't put it off. Uh, you know, if, if it's calling you, then that's what you need to do. Go do it. Yeah. And as I said earlier, it's calling us back. Um, it is. Sure. Uh, uh, Doug, you've said you'll answer the call. Miles, what about you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I mean, I, I could, I could, <laughs> I could do it tomorrow, yeah. you know, tomorrow I may decide that's it, I'm done, I'm going, and yeah, absolutely, but I will absolutely do it, I'm absolutely going back. It's funny, somebody said to me, uh, you know, I started in Sahun, which is exactly halfway the Francis uh, Camino, so I did five, about 500 Ks, of, uh, 900 Ks or whatever it is, and they someone said to me, will you, will you go back and finish it? And I said, well, probably... But I, don't, I doubt I'll ever finish my Camino, yeah, 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 which yeah. in a sense is a euphemism for our overall pilgrimage, isn't it? It is. It's our life. I mean, the, the, the Camino, I mean, I experience the Camino every day, and, uh, and I'm sure you do. Uh, 
you know, the Camino hasn't left us and won't leave us and can't leave us. It's an integral part of uh, part of who we are and uh, and our journey, and that 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 includes our conversation tonight. That includes every day that we that that we live. The Camino is there and uh, is alive, and I think that's really a, you know, I, I, I I'm a Buddhist. I'm not a Christian, but I think that's a very uh, I think that's a very spiritual uh, m message. You know the. You know, Christ is alive. Uh, you know, uh, um, our journey is alive. Uh, every step that we take. Yeah, it's like when we were uh, we were at a, a service, uh, a pilgrims' mass, and uh, uh, the service leader uh, said that uh, you don't walk alone. That that you there's there's somebody who always walks with you. And and I had a real sense of that. Um, Miles alluded to, you know, a pilgrim angel, and there were just so many pilgrim angels along the way. It just seemed whenever there was something that you really required, there was, there it was, somebody presented themselves and were able to help you. And, and, and I'm thinking too, that, that as a pilgrim, you, you open yourself up to that. You, you, you open yourself up. Uh, you present yourself in a different way. Uh, you 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 don't try to do everything or handle everything yourself. But it's 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 a way of presenting yourself to the world. And I think I'm I'm I do that more now uh, that I'm that I'm back in my regular routine. I'm I don't try to uh, to to be the authority. I I I, I I'm more open. I listen more. <laughs> and uh, try to speak less. Well, I hope our paths cross again, Doug and Miles, be it on the Camino or, or elsewhere, and, and I wish you all the very best and blessings on your pilgrimage, no matter where it takes you. Thank you so much. Amen. Uh, amen, Dan. Buen Camino. Yeah. Yeah, buen Camino, Dan. We'll see you on the path. That, Lots of love to you. You too. That's Doug and Miles, Doug Proch and Miles Murphy from Winnipeg, Canada. I'm Dan Mullins. We've shared there with you some of our stories from the Camino de Santiago, the second of, our, of many podcasts, My Camino, the podcasts. Thanks for listening. Buon Camino. Camino.